My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Britt here today with a very exciting guest, Jory Rose. You guys, she is a marriage and family therapist. She's a transformation coach, mindfulness and meditation teacher, as well as an author. She works with women in areas of self-healing, mindset, reframing, you know, the challenges, healing past traumas, rewiring habits and patterns, and developing a compassion and gratitude practice for them to help assist them in shifting, you know, their relationships to themselves so that they can actually straight strengthen their other relationships as well. So she's also the host of Journey Forward with Jory Rose, her podcast, and we'll get into that in a moment here, but welcome to the show, Jory. Thank you so much for taking the time of your day to come on. I know you're super busy, so I really appreciate it. And I, I know I kept my part quite brief, but this would be a great time for you to go ahead and, you know, really take us back and tell us like what it was like, what your journey was like. To Thank you so much. To where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Britt. I'm really uh, happy to share my own journey and how that directly ties into how I support other people in their journeys. So in a nutshell, I woke up one day in my early 30s and wasn't sure consciously how I got to where I was. I was someone who had made decisions on what, the, you know, safety and security because I had come from a family in which there was a lot of trauma. So feeling safe and secure was my driving value in my decisions. And it led me to just do what was next, what was next, what was next, what was next. And without a lot of conscious awareness to be able to pause and say, is this really the right direction for me? Because I didn't have the self-awareness or even the skills or the courage or independence if it wasn't the right fit, what I would do instead. And so in my early 30s, I had already had two daughters and I was married to my high school sweetheart who I'd been with since I was 13. And was really having this existential crisis of, of who am I? And again, how did I get here? And what were the conscious choices that I had kept having, but yet was leading me to not that level of fulfillment or the level of self-awareness that I was feeling that I was capable of, of really being in my life? So uh, even though I'd already started my hours to become a therapist, I had since stopped because I was really young at the time. And during this existential crisis, I found myself in therapy and it was the right place for me to be on a variety of reasons, but really helped me recognize I wanted to go back to get licensed. I really wanted to do this work, but it also started, of course, with me healing my own self and beginning that journey because that journey of healing is never done, but really being able to sit with myself and look at my patterns and understand myself on different levels. And as I got back into becoming an intern towards my licensure, I had contacted an old supervisor who I had worked with eight years earlier. And the many serendipitous events happened in which she had an opening for me that very next week. And I worked in schools and seeing that this was January, I thought I was going to have to wait until September to start, you know, back up towards my licensure. But I started the very next week. 
But one of the serendipitous things that happened in her office was I saw a book titled Mindfulness. I didn't know what mindfulness was, but something drew me to it. And long story short, I ended up taking an introduction to mindfulness course that happened to start the very next week. And I, I didn't really know what I was learning in that introduction course, other than I knew I needed to know more. And part of that six-week introduction to mindfulness was a foundation in a meditation practice. And I tell you, Britt, we were guided, and I think it was like a 15-minute meditation, that first class. I literally thought I was going to die. I had never sat in such stillness in my whole life. And there's a reason we don't often practice stillness, because thoughts come up, emotions come up, restlessness, distractions that we don't know what to do with. So I ended up delving further into this path of mindfulness and meditation, both from a personal standpoint on my own journey of learning how to get out of my head and drop down into my body and how to be in that stillness so that I can tune into my inner wisdom that I think I was ignoring because I was overvaluing my logic, my reason, my rationality, overthinking, overanalyzing, checking boxes rather than doing a uh, a gut check or an intuitive, you know, how do I feel about this? So not only delving into it in that personal way by going on as many trainings, certifications, mindfulness-based stress reduction, retreat, day longs, you know, I, I really delved in. And I also was able to cross that over into my professional world in that I got certified to teach mindfulness to kids in schools, which then led me to create my own curriculum of a six-week mindfulness class that I wish I could have taken because at the time, mindfulness was a pretty esoteric practice and meditation wasn't something that me, a suburban stay-at-home busy mom, was practicing. It was kind of like the more hippie practice or the more like, you know, granola in Berkeley or Santa Cruz, people that didn't look like me and didn't have the same day-to-day life as me. So I was really passionate about bringing these tools to people like me, not those who are already having a meditation practice, you know, but those who were just busy taking care of their families who needed these tools probably more than anyone else, because the levels of anxiety, overwhelm, distraction were allowing people to just spin their wheels. And so I created a curriculum that I taught through local cities and their recreation guides. I created a curriculum on mindful parenting and ultimately um, wrote two books, a mindfulness book for kids called Gourmet Learns to Be Mindful and a training guide for an educator or school counselor to teach mindfulness for kids. And finally got licensed as a therapist and opened up my office and now have a mindfulness-based therapy practice in which I guide my clients through these tools of awareness, presence, self-compassion, gratitude, what it means to get out of our head and into our bodies, because ultimately we live our lives on autopilot, you know, and I guarantee anyone who's listening knows the experience of, you know, just getting in our cars and driving somewhere without even recognizing how we got there because it's just automatic. Mm -hmm. So when, when we're doing that, when we're living our lives on autopilot, we're missing so much. We aren't consciously present for the journey. And maybe we're doing what we're, you know, most aligned with, but Quite often, my experience is when we're on autopilot, we're missing those really important cues to pay attention to, to keep us 
grounded, present, centered, aligned, authentic, happy, fulfilled, you know, in healthy relationship with others. Because if we're on autopilot, we're likely not checking in with ourselves, let alone checking in with others to see, are we communicating effectively? Are we problem solving effectively? Am I stuck in the past and building resentment? Or am I too anxious about the unknown future that I'm missing what's happening right here and right now? So I had this beautiful blend of personal and professional overlap. And that, that's how I've created my career and changed my life in many ways. It ultimately I got divorced, which you know is a major, major life change. And if I didn't have a mindfulness practice to ground myself in of how do I manage the unknown? How do I push past self-doubt? How do I manage with uncomfortable emotions that I had been pretty skilled at pushing aside because we tend to push away, deny, resist, ignore, push down, judge, push under the rug what we don't like. And we tend to hold on really tightly to what we do like, but life is going to give us both. So we've got to be able to have the skills and the tools to what I always say is to respond and not react to whatever is arising, operating from that place of alignment, authenticity, and presence versus that place of being on autopilot. So in a nutshell, that's how I got to where I am and the, the, you know, the intersection of my own personal journey guiding the work that I do with others. And, you know, transformation is possible. Change is possible. It, it is possible to have a mindset shift, to change your habits, your patterns, your strategies, your defenses, to live consciously, to live intentionally. And this is what I do with my clients. It's to me rooted in a meditation practice because meditation is the, the formal practice of slowing down, getting still, getting out of our head into our bodies, connecting with our breath, that natural intuition that we know is inside there. And the mindfulness practice is taking those skills into your everyday life so that you can respond and react regardless of the trigger in front of you. I often say whether you're sitting in traffic or dealing with cancer, the tools are the same, right? It's all about how are you responding, not reacting to whatever is arising. Are you reacting with judgment or are you responding with compassion? Are you reacting with assumptions or responding with curiosity, right? So there, there's so much that goes into these tools, but it, in my experience, personally and professionally, leads to a much richer, fulfilling life when we can allow ourselves to be present for all of it. Absolutely. Jory, thank you for taking the time to get in there and tell us, I mean, it's incredible that you're doing the work that not only have you done on your, on yourself, but I think that's incredibly important as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, like, you know, you can tell your own story. And I also think that allows a lot of your clients probably to, to trust you, right? I mean, you've gone through it yourself huge freedom in that. And I always say vulnerability breeds connection. And I'm not a typical therapist in that I do let down that third wall. A lot of my clients know a lot about my life, not because I'm gratuitously telling them, you know, about me on their hour, but I am, you know, honest and vulnerable in service of the work, right? So to let them know, hey, well, the details of what you're experiencing are different. The emotions are part of the human experience. And I get it. And here's the tools that when I was in a similar situation, here's what the tools look like in practice. So it's coming from that place in authenticity and role modeling 
you know, it's kind of like when we're back in elementary school and you're learning how to write and they say show, not tell, right? It's yes, I could be trained in teaching someone the skills and the tools to be more mindful, to be more present, to rewrite and reframe their narratives. But it's a lot more effective when I give an example from my own experience that highlights here's how it looks like in practice versus a conceptual, I was trained to just teach you how to do this. Absolutely. So Jory, you believe that mindfulness is the answer to everything, right? So would, is that where you start when you work with your clients is the mindfulness aspect or tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a really big piece of it. Mindfulness is the framework from which I'm going to teach. And as a therapist, I really bridge into coaching naturally because I'm very tool driven. I, you know, there's, there's a lot of value in processing our past and therapy is really rooted in the past and coaching is really rooted in the future. And I bridge both because I think we need to have the understanding and the context of how we got here, but we also need to have a roadmap on how to go to where we want to be, where we want to be. And many people bypass either side of that and then keep spinning Right. So I, I do believe both are necessary. So the mindfulness component for me is the framework of the tools that I teach. And here you have these ancient contemplative practices that are 3000 plus years old. And now you've got Western science who for the past 40 plus years have been researching what does it do to our brain when we practice these tools? So you've got this time tested science approved set of tools that if you practice, I guarantee they're going to help you with wherever you're feeling stuck. Because so many of my clients come to me and they say, I feel so stuck. I don't know where to go from here. So if we can get out of our own way and begin to just settle for a moment to allow and accept whatever is arising, because we often don't want to face what's hard. And again, we push it away and then we go back to autopilot. So by saying mindfulness is the answer to everything really helps to put in context, well, how do I define mindfulness? So I, I define mindfulness at the most root word is to simply be aware. Are you being aware or are you back on autopilot? Are you conscious and present or are you just skating through your own life? Because if you really want to create that transformation, you say you're seeking, how much of your own participant in your journey are you being? And for many people, it's often, well, I'll be happy when other people change. And they externalize the source of their problems and they externalize the source of their happiness. But you can't control what other people are going to do. All you can control is you. And in fact, I always say there's only two things you can over control in your whole life, which is your breath and your, respond to, your response to what's happening. Everything else is not within your control. So if you have the awareness, and so my expanded definition of mindfulness is living with greater awareness attention and intention. So what do I mean by that? What do we want to be aware of? Well, in any given moment, we want to be aware of our thoughts, our emotions, the sensations in our body and the distractions around us. So we've got internal awareness, external awareness. Okay, great. Now we're aware. So what do we do with that? Well, that's where the attention comes to. We want to pay attention to what are my typical habits, patterns, mindset, reactions, belief systems, whenever this thought comes up, this emotion comes up, this sensation in my bodily, in my body experience or distractions with other people. What do I typically do when I'm cut off on the freeway? What do I typically do when I have a sensation in my stomach that I label as anxiety, right? What are my reactions 
to these things? What do I typically do when I'm in an argument with my partner or my child? And then the last piece is intention. It's responding consciously from a values-based approach, knowing why am I doing what I'm doing? It's the intentionality that gets us off of autopilot. So, you know, with this framework as a foundation of how we approach our challenges, but also the wonderful moments that we want to make sure we're present for, because if we're distracted, we're missing not just the hard stuff, but also the good stuff. Absolutely. We want to live in the present and That's focus on how we, can, how we can improve the future. I love this. Now, let's talk a little bit about a uh, journey forward with yourself your podcast. So, I mean, what were the intentions behind it? I know that you have, you know, some of the top professionals in the field of mental health on your podcast. Now let's talk a little bit about the intentions behind the podcast and where it's at and how you go about getting these top professionals on it. Yeah. Journey Forward with Jory Rose was a a passion project for me on a variety of levels. One, again, being very tool driven, it was a place for me to even just do solo casts that I could offer really foundational tools in meditation, mindfulness, self-awareness, self-healing, growth, relationships, and parenting. Like those are kind of all the areas that I focus on. Um, Basically it's relationships with self or others, right? How can we improve those things Um, that I can create community around and also offer as free resource to people either who I already work with in between sessions or is it, is it offering to give others who may not be able to afford working with a therapist or a coach like me? So I'm very values driven in the tools that I put out there. And a lot of the episodes, especially in the beginning, was was my journey, the foundations of how I got to where I am and the tools that I use to get there. And then by bringing in, you know, different speakers, um, generally my audience or my, my, my guests are heart-centered entrepreneurs who generally gone through some challenge, have overcome it, realized the tools in which to best overcome it. And now that's what they do in the world by offering those gifts to others. And that story arc, which is really the hero's journey, I think is really inspirational to my audience who may be listening. So the focus of the podcast has really been about inspiration, motivation, and value-driven tools on how people can journey forward in their own lives. And you know, to journey forward, to me is, is not creating big shifts. You know, we often think of, oh, I need to change something. So we we'll often feel that it's gotta be a big, you know, 90% shift. I'm talking about journey forward being a 1% shift. It might be a mindset shift. It might be a small response and communication or a habit formation, but that 1% is gonna grow over time, putting us on a different trajectory. So it, it's really providing community, and and offerings of inspiration and guidance and how to create the change that we're seeking and hearing people's stories as inspiration of well if they can do it I can do it and here's how making it possible right it's possible now how would you say your podcast best ties into your business I mean do you often get a lot of clients or potential clients coming to you being like um I've been binge watching. I think I know, like, and trust you now and I'm ready to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely gotten some clients from it. I've done different, you know, online um, challenges or different offerings out online that I know my podcast audience has been a part of. So it gives 
people access to working with me when I have different offerings that I'm doing. And it's a way to, again, validate the tools I do one-on-one, but offer them out to those who may not. When I had a brick and mortar office for those who may not be local. And it's just another avenue for helping support people. You know, my, my passion is helping support people in their own transformation, their own journey forward to live their most aligned and authentic life. And mental health, especially since COVID has been something that I don't think anyone has escaped some impact from. And so we all need tools. And so the podcast has supported my business and vice versa. And it's just more offerings I can, you know, put out into the world to help people create some change. Absolutely. Jury, any big goals or um, things that you have desires that you have on the go for the next six to 12 months within the business, within the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I actually, in the fall, I'm going to be hosting my first virtual retreat. I, um, I, I, lead, I, I lead retreats for women and we'll soon be doing a couple's retreats as well with my partner. But I'm going to be hosting a virtual retreat, which is going to be really experiential into um, in the morning, having intention setting, morning meditations, maybe some journal prompts throughout the day and four different speakers throughout the week, again, to provide the inspiration and the tools and different aspects of our lives of mindset and parenting and relationships and happiness. And um, after I do my uh, virtual retreat, which is going to be in September, it's going to lead into my offering of my signature course, the journey forward method, which is an eight week live course in which I walk everyone through the steps of foundation of a meditation practice. So that way they can be more mindful in their everyday lives and be able to take those tools into all aspects of where they feel stuck. So we can reframe challenges, rewrite narratives and heal the areas and the wounds that have been holding us back from living fully and authentically. So it's my intention that uh, with the virtual retreat and my journey forward method, which I've offered the journey forward method a handful of times, but really tying this into more community building, right? And so with the podcast, having more access to a greater audience to invite them into these experiential offerings so that way they can connect directly with me. So that's so the exciting. first one. Yeah. So stay tuned. That's coming a uh, second to last week of September will be the virtual retreat. Love that. Super exciting. Jory, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to, you know, really introduce us to what you do and, you know, how you're able to create those lasting shifts in, in people's lives. Um, that allow them to become happier and healthier and more fulfilled. So I love it all. And, you know, I just want to ask you the best way to reach out. If anyone's looking to connect, what would that be for you? Yeah, best thing is either my website, uh, which is joryrose.com, J-O-R-E-E-R-O-S-E. And that's also my same Instagram handle. So um, joryrose.com will have my different online courses that I have access to the books that I've written um, ways to become part of my community, get some free meditations to download and also access to any upcoming events. Thank you so much, Jory. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Jory did today, please go to top100interview.com. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the next one. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. 
One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.